You know, while, uh, while everybody was uh, at Walmart hoarding the toilet paper and the Clorox wipes, well, I made sure, I made sure I got my favorite tool, the bobby pin, the hairpin. I'm not sure if Justin or Patrick understand it's a hairpin, it's a bobby pin, but you probably hadn't seen one in a while. So, so, uh, so when, when the monsters in my house start causing chaos and, and jumping over things and food fights and all those kind of things, uh, I'm usually the bad cop, 99% of the time. Well, well, maybe 10% or 5%. And, and the good cop actually, well, she remains hidden. She takes off, and I can't find her while they're all causing chaos. And so I have to run around the house looking for her secret spot. And when I find it, I'm like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Here's Johnny, and I've got my hairpin, my bobby pin. And as I'm dragging her out of there, I'm saying, Tag, you're it. You know, this, this last Sunday, we, we uh, celebrated Easter a little differently. But I saw on Facebook and all the pictures, all the beautiful colors and the eggs, and people were dressed up in their Sunday Easter clothing with their spring colors, all vivid and bright. But the original Easter, that Easter evening, it was a whole different picture. It was a whole different scene. The color of fear saturated that room where the disciples were in. It saturated their life. It it made them paranoid. It made them fearful. And it caused great anxiety. And in fear, it causes the anxiety to, to wag the finger at people, to point at people in, in disbelief or in anger or in fear. I'm sure they were saying, well, I knew that Judas was bad. I told you from the very beginning. And, and where's Thomas? Oh, that guy just splits just at the, at the drop of a pin. Oh, fear makes us cower. Fear makes us hide behind locked doors. It paralyzes us. But there's one who will come. There is one who will come and stand in the middle of all that chaos. And he will stand before his disciples in that locked room. And he will show them his hands and his side. He will show them his hands and his sides. It is finished. It is done. And here's proof. Hope comes back. Hope springs forward. All the sins that I bore are gone because of me. And he will stand in the middle of that crowded room and bring hope back alive to those disciples. 
And he will say a common word, a common greeting that we would all say. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you feeling today? But he will say, shalom, peace be with you. Good morning. How are you doing? But it's in a context of persecution and fear. He will say, I'm the peace. I am the peace who is with you. Not a little bit of peace, but I am the very peace of God who now stands with you to bring back hope. And he'll also do this. He will tell his disciples, he will commission them and say, as God the Father has sent me, I am sending you I am sending you out. Not on your own power, not on your own strength, because, well, you can't do it. I will send you out with the power of God the Holy Spirit. And as he says that, he breathes upon them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the one who who will be with you. The one, all the promises that I've made to you, that I've said, I will not leave you, I will not forsake you, I will not leave you as orphans. There is one who is coming, who will be with you, not just by your side, but who will be inside you, to empower you, and to give you strength, and to reflect my glory, the Father's glory, and to be the light to a world that desperately needs light. He calls them to move. Not just be in your PJs or in your Pink Floyd tattered t-shirt sitting on the couch eating bonbons. He is calling us to move. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a reflection of God's light in the world. It may be as simple as this. As a phone call to a widow who lives outside our area, who's who's lost her husband to cancer two years ago, who's lonely and isolated and, and feels the darkness surrounding her. A simple phone call to say hi, to say, how are you doing? And to pray with somebody. It could be as simple as some kids writing letters to to people who are shut in, painting pictures or making little origami hearts, writing notes to say God is thinking of them. We are thinking of you. It could be a knock on your front door. And as you open it, you smell the, the fresh bread that's laid there at your front door by your neighbor. It could be dropping off food at the food pantry on Saturdays to to give to those who desperately need that sustenance. It could be this, that you wake up in the middle of the night or, or stop in the middle of this afternoon. A name pops up where God places on your heart to just pray. Just to pray the most powerful tool that God gives us to pray. And in that moment, and in that moment, in that moment of unsettledness, 
the peace of God comes over us. And the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, comes upon us. And we reflect the light to those that, that desperately need that. And that includes us. And in that, we are set free and locked from fear and locked from anxiety. And we see the hope and the light of Christ. Amen.